It's a privilege again to be here tonight and be able to share with you. Last week I shared about areas in our lives um, to help us become more kingdom-minded, getting ourselves out of being self-minded, thinking about ourselves, and even, again, scripture that Justin used earlier about being uh, adopted, that we are adopted into the family of God. We're no longer orphans. And we need to stop thinking as orphans, but thinking as a child of God, ready, we're heirs to the kingdom and the heavenly places. And we need to start having that mindset and not be thinking more about our will and what, how we think things should be accomplished. I talked about also committing everything to God, all areas of our lives, our thoughts, what we say, speaking words of life, uh, committing our time, our monies, our businesses, our families, our spouses, um, even our children, committing everything to him. And um, so that we're able to be free in what God has for us. It's walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh. And areas of the flesh is our emotions and our will. And because those two do not coincide, they can't exist together. So you need to make a choice, one or the other. Do you want the spirit? Do you want to be able to walk in the spirit? Or do you want to be able to walk in the flesh, which is keeping yourself in yourself, minded? It's also knowing who God is, getting to read his word, getting to even know who you are to him, that you are his kid how much he very much loves you. And so these are areas that I've talked about last week as far as being more kingdom-minded and going forward into the plans and purposes that he has for you. Another area to help us be kingdom-minded is forgiveness. It's receiving, but it's also giving. And the message of the cross is about forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and when we ask him to forgive us of, of those sins, he does it without hesitation. He's the sacrifice that was made so that we can come back into communion with God again. And because of his love for us, he wants that deeper relationship and intimacy for us. He desires us to have a life of freedom, and the only way we're going to have it is by getting rid of any unforgiveness in our hearts and even any offenses that we can carry even after that. So as Jesus forgives us our sins, he in turn asks us to forgive others. Mark 11:25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So if we're looking to be able to go deeper in what God has for us, the hindrance of that is because we may be holding on to unforgiveness in our hearts towards others. In my area of ministry, being a deliverance minister, one of the areas that is key for freedom is forgiveness. It's one of the things that we stress as we go into ministry and as we go into each area 
um, and we call them open doors in people's lives because literally if you're in sin, you're opening the door and allowing the enemy to come in and have access into our lives. Genesis talks about that when the Lord said that to Cain. Sin is crouching at the door. He's making him aware, you better watch it because it's, it, it desires to have you. In other words, it desires to have control over you. So you no longer have control of yourself. When you open the door to a sin area, either out of in a, a disobedience to what God has for you or any unforgiveness and, and other areas, we're opening the door and allowing the enemy to come into our lives and have control over us in areas and hinders this. But the Lord said to Cain, but you must master it. So he's telling us that we can do something about it. We have a choice in that. A lot of people say when they do something wrong, oh, the devil made me do it. How many times have you heard that? I'm sorry, but you have a choice in that. And you need to be aware of that as well. One of the things we also need to be aware of is forgiveness is not optional. God requires it. If we don't forgive, he doesn't forgive us in it. So if we want to have that freedom of forgiveness of sins, then we need to be willing to forgive one another. It's a principal key to pave the way to freedom. It breaks the negative spiritual bond between people, releasing both sides into freedom. Do you know when you have forgiveness against somebody, really the person that you're holding in bondage more than anything is yourself? They could go on, receive Jesus, ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins so they're walking around free, and who's the one still in bondage? We are if we're not forgiving them. God wants us free because he has a plan and purpose for our lives. And the Bible tells us that there's consequences for not forgiving, and they're quite severe. But if you refuse to forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I'm going to read a quote out of um, R.T. Kendall's book, Total Forgiveness. Has anybody read it in here? Yeah, good book. Recommended reading if you haven't. And one of the things he talks about, he, he, just to give a little background, he was hurt very deeply. He had betray, betrayal in his life for people that he was very close to. And so he went to this one particular missionary pastor and to, to tell him about it. And his reason to tell him about it was to get sympathy. He figured the man would agree with him in his feelings and help him feel justified and give him sympathy in it. But what he writes in his book, astonishingly, before the reprimand from my friend, my unforgiving spirit had not bothered me all that much. If you had reminded me of Jesus's words that we should love one another, or that petition in the Lord's prayer that says, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, I would have replied, of course I know that. 
We know that. We've read the Bible. But are we following it? I assume that since nobody is perfect, and we all sin in some measure every day, the bitterness in my heart was no worse than any other person's transgression. He was justifying it. Moreover, I thought God fully understood and sympathized with my particular circumstances. In other words, I rationalized my attitudes and my behaviors. How many of us rationalize our attitudes and behaviors and justify ourselves on holding on to forgiveness? Because we feel we have a debt that, that needs to be paid. Somebody owes us something. They hurt me. And I'm going to make sure they hurt just as much. When we don't forgive, it keeps us in bondage. As I said before, we're the ones that are trapped. We're holding ourselves in, in bondage. And as well as the others, if they have not gone to the Lord and asked for forgiveness, we're holding them in bondage too. Matthew 18, 34, 35. And his master was angry. And this is the um, parable of the master who was going to send the servant who owed him things to jail. And the servant went to the master and said, please don't. He, he begged him, don't, please. And the master forgave him. And he says, okay, he canceled out his debt and say, you know, you're free to go. But then when the servant went to someone that owed him money and wasn't willing to pay and couldn't pay his debt, the servant got angry and threw him in jail so that the tormentors could take care of him. And this is why the master was angry, because he forgave him, but the servant wasn't willing to forgive the people that were in debt to him. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. Wow. How many want tormentors to come upon your life? And yet we open the door for them. I feel the Lord revealed to me areas of torment as I've seen in the ministry that I do, are areas of bitterness, spirits of resentment, spirits of criticalness, judgment, slander, gossip, accusations, mocking, sarcasm, shame, fear, and rebellion. And we know what rebellion is. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. These are the tormentors that we open the door for when we don't allow the Lord to soften our hearts in forgiving others. Now, anger in itself, anger is also one of them, but in itself, anger is not a sin. And don't let anger 
And don't sin by letting anger control you, okay? I mean, we, anger is an emotion. We can be angry. But the Lord says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So there's a time he knows we're human. We have emotions. Anger comes up. Something is done to us. But we need to bring it to him. Kind of, it's like God gives us 24 hours to get rid of our anger. After that, we're opening the door. And all those tormentors are going to start. Bring negativity to our lives. And the world has enough negativity in it. We're supposed to be the lights that shine through the darkness. Colossians 3, 8 through 10. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature. When we receive Christ, we've stripped, we've asked him to take it away. We don't want to live. We've made that choice. I, I, I'm putting that life behind me. I don't want it anymore. It hasn't worked for me. I want to take on a new life that Jesus provides. So put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So we need to desire to be more like him. And one of the big areas as being like Jesus is forgiveness. The part of that verse that I read um, in Matthew 18, if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses, from our hearts, it's not a matter of just saying, I forgive you, I forgive that person. That's a good start, it's a good place to start. We're making a choice to do that. But it also becomes an hard attitude, an area of the heart that we need to also have changed. I know there are times that we are hurt very badly and a lot of times through betrayal. One of my occupations before I got into ministry was a hairdresser. And it was in the uh, late 80s, as I shared, I came to know the Lord in 1982. So I was a Christian for about three years, and uh, myself and two other Christians decided to go into business with one another. One thing I will say, if you're ever going to go into, Christ, uh, into business with other Christians, make sure you're on the same page with your theology, <laughs> with your doctrine, with your moral standards, and with your convictions because it doesn't come and work very nicely when you do. And that, unfortunately, is what had happened. I had different convictions than what they had. And to make a long story short, I wanted out of the partnership. Unfortunately, um, they did not receive it very well. Um, they had written me a letter that was not, a lot of things in it were not very nice, very hurtful, and I felt very betrayed took it to the leadership of my church. I was seeking the counsel of my leadership in my church in Jersey and um, you know, asking them about this. What am I supposed to do? Because I have to say that was very devastating and it was, you ever hear of the dark night of your soul? I'd have to say that was one of them. 
And I said, what am I going to do with, about this? And what my pastor had shared with me, he said, Lerna, let's look at this letter that they wrote. And let's find the truths in it. I said, the truths? it was a nasty letter. They weren't nice to me, and they said bad things about me. Yeah. But what he was asking me is to look at things that I need to take responsibility for. Because they also felt betrayed. So it's always good to get a different perspective. And I have to say, that's one of the things that I've asked God as I've entered into this ministry. Father, give me another, the other person's perspective. Give me your heart for that person. Let me see them through your eyes, not mine, that's full of judgment, that's full of hurt, so that I don't give ground to what the enemy would want to do in that. I've been hurt. And when I have to sit in front of other people, when I minister to them, I need to have a pure heart. Because if I have someone that has been abusing someone, my heart needs to be clear so that I can see this person through God's eyes, through his love. So God really had to do a healing work in my heart to help me release the hurts and the emotions of the past. And I'm not totally there yet, I'm not perfect. But the Lord is the first one that I run to when I have these feelings and spending time with him to release them to him. Not to go to somebody else looking for sympathy, looking for somebody who'll agree with me that that person was a not nice person. <laughs> Do we have injustices that happen on our lives? Yeah, we do. And they're usually done because of Satan's work, because of people that aren't walking with the Lord. But as we're trusting God, God can turn it around for good as we keep our focus on him. So forgiveness starts, and even in ministry, with people when they've been hurt, when they've been abused, by parents, even deep abuse like sexual abuses. And the wounding is really very right here, right at the top. It's very hard, and I know it to be true to say I forgive that person because we haven't been able to reason it out in our minds of it happening. And a lot of times, because we were children, that it happened to us, children aren't able to reason things out. And then as we get older, we just start being angry about it. But as we allow the Lord to come in and make a choice, and some of us even have to make a choice of saying, Lord, I can't forgive them, but I'm willing to allow you to change my heart you're opening a door for the Holy Spirit to come in and work. And I have seen miracles happen in the ministry room with people just saying those things. 
I have seen forgiveness come in. I have seen people's countenance change after they are done with ministry. Because again, unforgiveness is an area that the enemy can hold us in bondage. And if you're looking to go on with your life and, and plans and the purposes that God has for you, that is an area that's gonna be a hindrance from you moving forward. And even now, if there's, there's an area that you're struggling with or, or can't get to, to get, you're taking two steps forward, three steps back, ask the Lord, Father, reveal to me any areas of, of unforgiveness in my heart. And he'll be faithful to do that. But when he shows you those areas, don't try to rationalize it and don't try to justify it. With forgiveness, it doesn't mean that we have to deny or ignore the offense, saying that it was okay and, and not important. It was important. It happened to you. It was important to God, too. It doesn't mean that the offender will not be held accountable for his actions. We're just allowing the Lord to hold him responsible. We're taking that responsibility off of us to make sure that he's held accountable to his actions. Because God's a just God. And we need to trust him in those areas. It doesn't mean we are required to stay in relationship with the offender. Some people had the illusion that if I forgive him, then I need to be friends with him again. No, it's not what that means but it will reconcile you again with the Lord. God doesn't want that separation. And it is not being obligated to trust the offender. Trust needs to be restored. Trust needs to be earned back. If any of you have been um, in an area of having your trust hurt, or a violation of trust. Back in 1999, my husband and I were having some struggles. And um, one of the areas that my husband wanted a divorce. He wasn't giving a good enough reason to me. But again, I needed to look at my responsibility in that. And I know every single night, it, it went, on, went on for about eight months. My, what I did every single night was cry myself to sleep and Father, don't let bitterness and resentment reside in my heart. I didn't know all these principles at that point then. But don't let bitterness and resentment because I was believing in restoration of our marriage. And if not, I still, God was still my Lord and master, okay? But I didn't want anything to be a hindrance if we were to get back together again. So I know trust being violated in that. So I forgave my husband when we, got, we did get back together again. I forgave him, but I still held on to offense. I still held on to judgments. I forgive him, Lord, but I'm never gonna trust them again. 
he may walk out on me again. I was waiting for the boom to drop at any moment for probably about the next five years until I received ministry and went through ministry, healing and deliverance and got rid of any of those doors that I allowed to be in my heart to allow the enemy legal access in there to bring on these offenses and judgments. If we stay free from offense, you stay free. You stay in God's will. If you become offended, you will be taken captive by the enemy to fulfill his plans and purposes in your life. Ooh. Never thought of that. I'm in line with the enemy. And here I wanted to be in line with God's will. So we can take our pick on what we want to do. One of the stories in the Bible, because of even God saying, David was a man after God's own heart. What made him a man after God's own heart? He found favor. He was an anointed, appointed king, the next king, when he was young. He came into Saul's palace. He was able to play for Saul because Saul was being tormented. He had his demons he was being tormented by because of his disobedience. So he called David in, who was a psalmist, played the harp to help settle it because he was, when he was in worship, it really helped to bring a peace and a calm. So he looked at, at Saul as a father figure, someone who was going to mentor him in coming forth and him being anointed in the next king. And so as the story goes on, they went out into battle again. And it wasn't until Saul started hearing the people cheering David. Saul killed his 5,000, but David his tens of thousands. And Saul started getting jealous and started wanting to get rid of David. He despised David after that. He was jealous of him. And so he sought out to kill him. I see this story of David and Saul as an area of walking in offense, as Saul did, and what can happen in your life, but also David, who walked with God's heart, because David didn't take offense. He was hurt, he felt betrayed, and if you read through the Psalms, you'll hear his heart pouring out before the Lord. Help me, Father, and especially Psalm 51. It's like a Psalm of repentance. But David had an opportunity at one point while Saul was sleeping, going into his room, he had the opportunity to kill Saul and avenge himself, but he didn't. He cut a piece of his garment, corner of his garment, just to let Saul know he was there. That made Saul more mad. And even more so, he wanted to get rid of David. But David wasn't going to touch God's anointed. He knows Saul was anointed king. And there may be people in your life, leaders, 
that are God's people, Christians, that have hurt you in some way. And it could be from truthfully, justly they hurt you, or it could be your perception of them hurting you. It wasn't their intent. And if we don't go and talk about it with them, then we hold on and we get offense and we'll look at any spiritual leader as authority is not to be trusted. I am an island unto myself. And then we start walking in our will, we start walking in rebellion to authority, and we start walking out of God's will for our lives. Matthew 24, and this is this Psalm, Matthew 24, um, in that chapter, uh, Jesus is giving a lot of the signs of the end of the age. The disciples had asked him, what will the sign of your coming? How will we know? And in Matthew 24, 10 through 13, and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's happening now. how easily we become offended, whether it's culturally, offenses that we took on from our parents, mindsets from what we grew up believing, people that have hurt us in our lives, just because we, we don't like the color of their skin, we're offended. How do we know this is talking about Christians? Maybe it's just the world where many will be offended. He's talking about the church. Because when he talks about the love of many will grow cold, that love is, is in the Greek, is agape love. Unconditional love will grow cold. We are the ones that are supposed to have agape love being imparted in us. Jesus says, love one another as you love yourself. And unfortunately, a lot of us may not even love ourselves. I find in ministry that a lot of people, an area that they get stuck in is forgiving themselves. They've become offended by how they look. They've become offended by things that they've done in the past. They hold themselves in guilt and, and self-condemnation and they don't allow themselves to be free. What we need to do is receive more of God's love. God said, he loved, we can love him because he first loved us. So we first need to receive God's love for us to soften those areas to help us see ourselves in a better light how he sees us, forgive us ourselves, 
And then we, in turn, can start loving others better and forgiving others better. Unforgiveness and offense hinders us from living our full potential. It can also cause physical sickness from worry, stress, fear, all of those things that come in. Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit, a broken spirit, dries the bones. A lot of, of um, there's links to a lot of illnesses that we have that are rooted in unforgiveness. Hmm. There's something to that. So our lives aren't about doing our will, living as orphans. We need to live in sonship with the Father, know our inheritance, living in the heaven, heavenly kingdom as even the heavenly realm as Corey shared on Sunday. That was an awesome message, giving us a better perspective than living here on earth. It's time to let go of the past, the hurts, and unforgiveness. It's time to let go of the judgments that we hold on to, bitterness towards our others, ourselves, and especially towards God. It's time to let him go. God doesn't want you sitting on the fence any longer. He wants you walking in his kingdom. And if you do feel, feel it's so hard to forgive, have you ever asked God to forgive you for your unforgiveness? Father, I can't forgive. I don't even want to be open to it right now, but forgive me for holding on to this and help me with it. God's there for us if we ask. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. I ask that you would touch each heart here today, Lord, that you would bring revelation of areas in their life that has been a hindrance. If there is any unforgiveness, any offense, Father, hurts from the past, I ask that you would bring healing so that offenses and unforgiveness can be let go, can be taken to the cross, be put at your feet, that you would be their avenger, that you would be their vindicator, Lord. Take the responsibility of that off of their shoulders, Lord, and you take it on however you see fit, Lord. I ask you to bless each one and may they walk in the full potential of who you created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen.